Welcome to another edition of Ghosted by me, Roz Dresfalez. You guys, I gotta say, I am so proud of this show. And special shout out to Land, our producer, Jessica, our engineer, and everyone here at Starburns Audio. Because last week with Jasmine Masters, hilarious. And that episode, so completely different than even this week's episode, which is great because we finally have got an expert on on the field. I mean, this is somebody that has spent years and years. She's had three paranormal TV shows that she's been a part of, and she has She's been all the places, honey. She knows. She she has seen some stuff. She's heard some stuff. She's been on camera talking about stuff for years. So I'm very happy to have her. She has a TV show right now that is on the Travel Channel. And it's truly one of my favorite new TV shows. It's her and Jack Osborne. And they go to some of the darkest, creepiest places on Earth. And the show is called Portals to Hell. It's every Friday on Travel Channel. So go check it out. Because if you don't know her yet, I mean, she's huge in the paranormal world. But if, if you haven't gotten the uh, the honor and pleasure of getting to see her uh, in action. She's incredible and just so happy that she's in town. She happened to be here for an event. Uh, her and Jack are presenting at the Critics' Choice Awards, so they happen to be in L.A., and it all worked out, and I'm just so happy to meet her, and I hope the two of us become best friends because she's just great. So check it out. Here she is, Katrina Weidman. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by our first ever expert, our first person that truly knows what she's talking about. She's been out in the field. She's also got her own TV show right now, Katrina Weidman. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hi, Katrina. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, I'm so excited because you are the star of my new favorite TV show, Portals <laughs> to Hell. Yeah. Which, oh my God, it's... It is so spooky. <laughs> we'll get into that later. But, okay, so welcome. Thank you. You don't live here, right? I don't. I live on the East Coast, so um, Philadelphia. Cool. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the life is like of somebody that s- spends time in portals to hell for <laughs> a living. I mean, are you just, do you live a normal life? Um, I do I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, really. Like, if you ask somebody, one of my colleagues in the field, yeah, totally. If you ask one of my friends who's, like, an accountant somewhere, not at all. <laughs> like, you know? Um, no, I have, like, a lot of weird objects in my house. And, you know, um, so my my friend Tim Shaw, he's a psychic and a reverend. Um, he just sent me all these haunted objects. <gasps> in, <laughs> and in the box he put on top of it, like, you know, the one that he put in the mail, uh, it says, contents might not be haunted or something like that (laughs) so i get a lot of weird things like that um so you just welcome them in your house yeah you're fine with that yeah i do um 
more so because I love the history. Yeah. So and I love having pieces of that. And I never like I know a lot of investigators who will just take from locations without asking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't do that. Um, so if, if a location owner offers it to me or if a friend of mine has something that they don't want anymore or if, even if like a client is like, I have this object, I want to get rid of it, I'll take it. And um, my fiance is actually really freaked out by this stuff. So he's always just like, oh, please don't bring anything else into the house. I'm like, yeah. it's fine. So <laughs> is your fiance? from the world of paranormal no, stuff? No, not at all. Oh. So he's had a lot of experiences himself, but he is like, he's somebody that's like, if we don't talk about it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, You okay. know, so he tries to keep his blinders on. So um, I play a lot of prank jokes on him, like all the time. <laughs> like, I hide in closets and pretend to be a ghost. Oh, good. <laughs> I hate that stuff. I'm like the biggest scaredy cat you? ever. <laughs> you seem fearless. Like, what scares you? Um, so it's funny because the things that scare me aren't necessarily in the work I do. It's more like okay. real life stuff. Like, you know, um, I guess people more or less scare me yeah. than, than the unknown of the paranormal world. And it, it got to a point where and it wasn't really always like that. I always kind of had, I guess, a healthy fear of it. But the more I delved into it and the more I really started looking at all the angles of what is the paranormal, what is a haunting and what can it be, all of those questions that go through your head, the more I realized what I was afraid of is what I think it is. Mm. And then I had to take a step back and realize maybe my beliefs aren't accurate. I mean, because when we really look at it, I mean, the paranormal literally means anything that science can't explain, right? So in my field, you know, it's it's kind of it's a very hard field to navigate through because nothing is proven. So all the work we do is fringe and everything is based off of speculation and eyewitness accounts, which we know eyewitness accounts are not always accurate. Correct. But we still know that people have these experiences. And, you know, we, we put these terms and definitions to these types of phenomena without really knowing what's behind it. You know, so even if somebody says that they've seen, you know, the image of their grandfather, well, does that really prove that there's life after death and that that person's coming back to tell you something? Or is it some sort of other energy that we don't understand? So when I go into locations, it really became about, you know, putting that fear aside and controlling it and realizing that I'm taught to be fearful of this stuff without really knowing if it's, you know, uh, if there has any merit behind it. Um, And then it also became a thing of I'm stubborn as all hell. So, you know, if I went into a place and I let my fear get the best of me, I'd be so pissed off because, you know, a lot of these places, they don't let people in all the time. So it's like you really have one shot. Yeah, make the most of it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that it's just it's just human nature to be afraid of of the unknown, whether that means paranormal or it means just like, what will happen if I take this job or, you know, right. just anything unknown. It's just, that's kind of normal. But yeah, gosh, but like even like <laughs> the evil demon devil stuff, like that doesn't scare you? It, you know, there's always a thought in the back of my head of what if, because right, what if at the end of the day, everything we think this stuff is, is actually accurate. Well, uh-huh. then that's not fun. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that could be a really bad day. Um, but I, I still go back to we don't know for sure. And mm-hmm. I don't think I would be doing my job if I let, you know, my belief system come through, you know, because being a paranormal investigator, 
um, at least where I work from, you know, you have to be very objective. And there's some paranormal investigators that very much rely on different religions and cultures to mm-hmm. bring into their work. For me, I, I stay at more of I'm going to go in there, see what I find. I'm going to try to explain things away. I'm going to document people's experiences as best as I can. Yeah. I mean, that's an investigator. That's, you know, that's what you should be doing. Actually. Mm-hmm. I'm, do, you, do you believe in hell? It's funny. I, you know, my views have shifted so much since I started because I grew up in a house that um, we weren't overly religious at all. Like my family was Christian, but we didn't practice really. So like we knew the stories. We went to church at Christmas and Easter and that was pretty much it. Creasters. That's <laughs> yeah, what they yeah. call them. Creasters. <laughs> um, and, you know, my, my dad grew up in a very strict Catholic household and he's very much rooted in science. He went to school for biology and chemistry. Oh, wow. And so he kind of very much broke away from that as an adult. So when we were growing up, it was never like you have to believe in certain things. It was just be a good person, love other people do good things in the world, you know, and if you want to, like, choose to believe in this, you can. If not, it's fine. We celebrate Christmas. You know what I mean? That was like, that was kind of like the gist of my upbringing. So I felt like I had a lot of freedom in, like, exploring what I believed. But, um, you know, I definitely grew up with the ideas of heaven and hell. And that's absolutely what I believed in growing up. And when I first started in the field, I 100 percent believed that if like somebody saw a ghost, it was, you know, Uncle Joe coming back to tell you where the gold was, yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, again, it's just so, you know, my views have just wildly shifted. And I don't necessarily believe that every single experience somebody has is connected to the afterlife. Um, I, you know, we could end up finding that all of these experiences have nothing to do with the afterlife, or we could find that all of them do have something to do with the afterlife. Um, I think it's just there's no absolutes as of right now. So I think, you know, for me, it's become very much a thing of being open minded to all possibilities until we can prove otherwise. Gosh, you're so you're, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm because so, to me, I'm always just like that was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, ghosts. That was Uncle Joe. Where's the gold, Uncle yeah. Joe? I, oh, oh gosh, I I just think about all the things that you, all the places that you've been to, and like it, I I I'm I'm gonna like use what you're saying as advice because I want to get out into the field more. Oh yeah, know, for the for the for the fans, for the listeners, I it's feel like I, it's, it's for my craft. Yeah, I should go out there and so I can have stories to tell. But so you really think. You know, objective mind is very important. And, you know, okay. I do. I do yeah, I, I, you can. You absolutely can. I meet so many people that are like, I can never do it. And I'm like, you know, you really don't know what you're capable of until you, you're in it. Mm-hmm. And when you put that objective lens on, it really becomes this thing of, you know, you become the adventurer. You become yeah. the explorer. And you want to get to the bottom of it. And um, I think that's what's fascinating. It really is one of kind of one of the last frontiers we have left to explore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that in the ocean, and I'm not yeah. going in there. I can't, I'm not trying to swim down I'm there. I'm with you. I'm not, I can't really swim. I can do doggy paddle. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> okay, wait. So let's, um, let's talk about 
you grew up in a haunted house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What did that mean? So my parents, there were two houses we lived in, and both of them were haunted. So like they were like awful. Maybe it's you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they were awful at picking houses. Um, but the first one was from the time I was born until I was like six. And, um, you know, my memories aren't as great in that one. But I do remember, you know, being terrified to be left alone anywhere in that house. And I had my own bedroom, had my own bed, but I insisted on sleeping in my sister's room. And I would just cry and cry if they left me alone. And um, she, the first, the very first memory I have, and actually my sister, she lives in California. She just came out to Philly to visit. And we were talking about this. And um, when we were kids, I was probably about four and she's four years older than me. Um, I would always follow her around. So, you know, if she was coming downstairs, I had to be downstairs with her because I was just so scared. And obviously that gets annoying when you have a little, a little sister doing that. Yeah. So she wanted to be alone one day and she's coming down the stairs. And when she was coming down the stairs, if you look through the banister, it looked directly into my bedroom. And she looked into my bedroom just to make sure I wouldn't follow her. And she saw me sitting on the bed and I turned and looked at her. And so she's like, okay, well, she's not going to follow me, so I'm fine. And as she continued to walk down the steps, I was sitting at the bottom of the stairs playing yeah, stay, playing with a Winnie the Pooh. It's like these block puzzles, like you turn them, the blocks over and you make a picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was playing with that, and I totally remember this day because she turned to me and she was like, how did you do that? And I was like, do what? And she's like, how did you get down the stairs without me seeing you? And I was like, I wasn't. I, I was, and I remember I was sitting there playing this puzzle the whole time. Wow. So she saw this little girl, and when I asked her, I asked her this a couple years ago, was there anything, like, different about her that you noticed? And she was just, like, just, she could never put her, like, finger on it, but just something was off. Yeah. But it looked like me. So this little ghost was trying to be you. I guess so, impersonator. yeah. Yeah, either a doppelganger or just an image that looks a lot like me. That's so... Okay, I just heard a story, somebody that I just interviewed that's going to be posted soon. Uh, She had a family member come back. Well, it's a a long story, but basically she believes that a demon, like it was impersonating her family member. Do you think that's a thing? So I've ran into a lot a lot of cases like that. Um, so usually when people see, at least, well, the pattern that we see, right, um, is that when people see a copy of a family member, and I've seen, I've had people um, tell me they've been copies of people that have passed and also copies of people that are still alive. Sometimes they're copies of people that they're living with currently. And sometimes they're copies mm. of people that are clear across the country. Um, and usually that follows very negative activity. That is so weird. Yeah, How yeah. do they do? Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so that house you think was haunted by a little girl. That and also a man because she, this is really weird. She would see, when she was little, she would see this tall skinny man walk down the hallway like almost every night. And she would tell my mom about it. And my mom would say, oh, that's probably just your dad. And my, my sister was like, no, he's skinny. And my oh, dad <laughs> my dad was like, you know, my dad's this very uh, Italian man. You know, he's, he's a bigger guy. And um, he uh, so he's not, you know, my, my sister described this guy as kind of like a lanky skinny. And um, so years later, I mean, this is 
you know, we they sold the house in like the late 80s. And this woman bought this house in the late 90s. And I've spoken to her and she still lives there now. And I asked her, I'm like, have you had any experiences? And she's like, no, I haven't. And when I started talking to her more, then she brought up the story. um, Occasionally, she lets clients stay at her house. And she had this one client come to her after he stayed over. And he's like, you know, you didn't tell me this place was haunted. Hmm. And she's like, well, it's not. And he's like, well, I saw a man like in the room or it was something like standing in the doorway or walking down the hall. And what's interesting to me about that is he obviously had no idea about my sister's experience when she was a kid. Yeah. And then here we are, you know, like 15 years later and there's a complete, like a total stranger who has no idea who we are, what we do, what our experiences are. And he's having an identical experience to my sister. It's very validating. It is. So, you know, even if she hasn't had, she hasn't really had any experiences in that house. Um, but other people who have lived there throughout the years have, and they, they were all centered around children. So they would have like toys play by themselves, musical instruments go off on themselves, even when there wasn't like batteries in them. Um, My aunt lived in the house after us and she would have like deflated mylar balloons follow her around. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So it was always centered around children and except for this man. So we don't know who the man is and why people see him. But there's definitely some weird activity going on there. I've definitely I've heard about that where like the the owner of the house doesn't have any experiences, but people that come over do or people that stay there do. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. It is. Yeah. And we don't really know why certain people have experiences versus others. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes I've met people that they just don't believe. So you have to wonder, does that have an element to do with it? Yeah. Um, or, I mean, we, we really just don't have the answers for why certain people are more um, I guess prone to having a paranormal experience versus others. I'm one of those people that like, are like you don't have them or you do. No, I do. Yeah, I'm like because I grew up in kind of a haunted house, and I think that it's because at a young age I learned to recognize what that's like when there's, I guess, like a sixth sense or whatever. Where I know what it's like when there's somebody in the room but you can't see them, or there's somebody in the room that disappeared or whatever. Like I just know what that feels like. Yeah, and so I feel. This is just all, all my belief that when I go places that have a presence of a spirit, they're like, oh, that person will get it. And mm-hmm. so then they like, you know, make their presence known to me. I think that's that's one of the thoughts we have in the field, too, because um, one of the analogies I give for people like that, and it's exactly what you said. It's like if you're going up to somebody at a party and you're talking to them and they're ignoring you, you're not going to continue talking to that person. Hopefully. I mean, if yeah. you're like, if you have any social sense, you won't. Um, but, you know, you're going to go and hang out with the person that can hear you. Yeah. And that will pay attention to you yeah. and will talk back to you. So, you know, we think it's if, if it is a ghost, how we have it defined today, then we think it has something to do with that. Um, it's also a thing of, you know, when we're little, we kind of experience everything in the world, right? It's it's our imagination is at our peak and we're creative and we're just experiencing everything the world has to offer. And it's adults who tell us, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't exist, especially when it comes to anything like a haunting. It's not real. doesn't exist. Ignore it. Right. So we're conditioned to ignore any of those experiences. And at the same time, you know, you think about it, if you move into a new city, you're going to notice every single noise for the first six months to a year. 
right? Yeah. And it takes a little while and you start to habituate all those noises, all those things that distract you from going on with your daily life. So I think that's the other part of it is I think some people just get very, very good at tuning it out because yeah. it's too distracting. Wow. Ooh, that's a cool one to think yeah. about. Because I think about, too, like growing up, I grew up super Catholic. And so I had all like that heaven and hell kind of thing is like so in me. Like even when I try to ignore it, I'm like, mm, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> gonna, I'm going to go to hell for that one. Um, yeah. God, it's so important to teach children to have open minds Mm -hmm. whatever it's a whole nother conversation (laughs) so what was the second haunted house second haunted house we moved into when i was about six and um, i have way more memories of the stuff going on in there and that was like a lot of you know again feeling completely uncomfortable never feeling alone you'd rush out of rooms a little quicker throw on the light as soon as you got in there um hearing i guess voices really um that weren't Account of, like accounted for anybody, um, doors slamming on their own footsteps. Um, my mom had a lot of experiences in the house. She still does. She still lives there. And she sees, she actually, a couple months ago, she saw a man walk through the, the dining room. What? And she, yeah, and she like freaked out. Um, so what's interesting about that house is it seems like the activity has grown more over the years. So... We had activity when we first moved in, and it was like, you know, kind of typical haunted house stuff, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mom, the one story, my my little brother, he's uh, five years younger than me. So he was just a baby when we moved in. And um, she was downstairs in the basement doing laundry, and she heard little, like, toddler feet running towards the basement door. Mm-hmm. And she freaked out because she's like, oh, my God, my baby's going to fall down the steps. So she runs to the stairs, and nobody's there. And she runs upstairs. Nobody's there. And this is like, you know, midnight, 1 1 a.m. So everybody's asleep. So she's looking through the house and she goes upstairs to my brother's room and he's asleep in his crib. Okay. Do you you know, of course, people think a lot of times people think that children ghosts are spookier than ghosts. (laughs) Does that even do anything for you? Is that spookier or Um, sweeter or is that you have any of thoughts on it? (laughs) Um, You know, I. I uh, investigated this one place in England. It's called um, New Sham Park, and it was an orphanage. And um, they had—it's actually horrible. One of their one of their treatments for anybody who got out of line, right? They had this hallway that they called the Naughty Boys Wing, and it was a row of tiny, tiny closets with no windows. I mean, I I stood in there; you could hardly breathe in there. Uh. And um, according to our sources, there was a boy who actually died from, you know, suffocation oh, in, in one of those terrible. closets. And the first night we were investigating, I, it was crazy because, I mean, it's this, again, it's like this closet that's maybe, mm, maybe 20, 30 feet long, you know, but very skinny. And there's doors on either side. And when we were investigating that area, we heard all these footsteps around us, like running, <laughs> like, you know, like play. It sounded like playful. We didn't hear giggles. I can't I... <laughs> deal with the giggles. <laughs> but we did hear these footsteps just running around us. And we like we would go to the left and then they'd be from the right. We go to the right and then they go to the left. And it just almost kind of felt like a game. Yeah, they were totally playing with you. Totally, right? And so I had to sleep up there by myself. And <laughs> and I was actually very freaked out to sleep up there. I had to call my fiance and I was like, Okay, I need a pep talk. Just like 
like, remind me of all the things I've told you over the years. And he's like, okay. And so he like kind of pumped me up. And I, but it was really, it took a lot for me to get to bed there. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So when did you start paranormal investigating? So really, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, I would, um, I mean, you know this from growing up in a haunted house. You just, you have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And the answers you're getting don't really make a lot of sense, you know. So I would research the crap out of everything I could think of. You know, I'd get my hands on all those books through, like, scholastic book orders. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Book fair. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd read everything I could, read about the Warrens and Hans Holzer and all those people. And um, when I got older, I really didn't know what I was doing. I would just like kind of like look for ghosts. I have, Did you do the Ouija board? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I had at least one girl go home from every sleepover crying because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like so freaked out. Um, but, you know, it was really when I got into college, when I um, transferred to Penn State, um, they had my aunt who has a lot of experiences too. She was like, you know, you should see if they have a club because at that time, Ghost Hunters was already out. The whole, you know, uh, genre was really popular. So mm-hmm. she's like, maybe they've started something that you can join. And lo and behold, they did. And I signed up and they had a training course that you could go through. And it was really just about like, you know, the history of the paranormal and how to interview people and, um, you know, different, you know, theories and spiritual texts and all that stuff like that. And so I signed up for that. And then they got a TV show. And I was already in school for theater and music, so I didn't have a problem being— Oh, you're a theater queen. I was, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem, you know, being in front of a camera. It, mm-hmm. it didn't freak me out. So I was like, I'll go. You know, I'll, I'll meet with the people that are doing this. And and then it just all kind of happened. Paranormal so, State. Paranormal State, yeah. Cool. That was my first show. So by that point— were you scared? I love how I'm like so focused on being scared yeah. because I just the thought of this stuff. But were you? Had you? Where were you um, in terms of your thoughts? Uh, you know, compared to how you are now with yeah. what, your theories of you know how to approach this stuff. Were you? A little bit more timid then, or were you just like, let's do it? Uh, it was a combination of both. Like, definitely, let's do it because I wanted to know and I wanted to do this, uh-huh. but definitely more fearful. And the first place we investigated as a group together for the television show, um, it didn't end up being the first episode, and I'm trying to remember what they ended up calling it for the show. I can't remember the name of the episode, but it, it involved a woman named Helen who she had just lost her son. He had um, it was prom night and he overdosed, unfortunately. And so she was having a really hard time dealing with that. And their house had always been haunted. And particularly her son, Chris, he would see this, uh, what he would describe as a dark man. It was like a shadow figure. And he would always see that growing up. And she was scared that, you know, is, is he still here? Is he stuck here because of this shadowy figure? So we went to go check it out. And I remember you know, I slept in their. We slept in their house, and it was me, Elfie, and um, Heather, who's still one of my best friends to this day. And we were all sleeping in the same room together. 
and I I had a pee so bad. <laughs> I was just like, and I was like, I woke up at like three or four a.m. and I'm like, oh, I can't pee. And I was like, it was two things. I was like in my pajamas and there were cameras everywhere. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be in my pajamas on camera. And then it was like also like I'm like, oh, I really have to pee, and I don't know if I want to like run into like the shadow figure while yeah. I'm peeing. You know? So it was like, so I just stayed all night like awake, like. Oh <laughs> like, no. I'm like, oh, I've got to be so bad. So um, yeah, my my fear level has definitely uh, I've controlled that much better now. Is that when you met Lorraine Warren? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I worked with Lorraine um, for the duration of Paranormal State, and uh, you know became good friends with her. Um, wow. And yeah, so learned a lot from Lorraine. And, you know, she was a religious investigator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she very much brought her faith into her work. Um, and she was also um, a psychic, you know, so I've worked with her. We would bring her in to do like a psychic reading in the house to see what she could pick up on. And obviously she wouldn't know anything coming in. And there were a lot of times where she absolutely nailed the activity people were having, uh, just the characteristics of the people in the house, how she thought things would work and when they would happen. And, you know, um, and I had the opportunity to talk to her about a lot of her old cases. Really? Yeah. That, that Amityville. And Amityville, all. this things that we see in The Conjuring, which is yeah. a mixture of a bunch of cases. Um, so, yeah, she had something like 8,000 cases. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to the house and see Annabelle? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, oh. I did. Actually, it was like the best Halloween of my life. I um, She had an event a couple years ago that they asked me to go to, and it was Halloween. And they were like, do you want to come back to the museum? And it's like 3 a.m., so it's like really spooky. And um, it's actually funny because so my fiancé was with me at the time. And he's like, again, he's so freaked out about this. So I'm just like, let's get pictures with Annabelle. And he's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm fine. And so like, he's like, I don't want to be anywhere near that thing. Like, just I don't even want to look at it. And so Annabelle is in this very heavy, like wooden and glass case. Yes. Right. And it takes a couple guys to move her. So they had they had brought her to this event. With a couple other oh, objects. Oh, they, like, take her out? They take her on outings, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Annabelle has, like, full outings. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. <laughs> and so we were at this event. They had her out for people to see. And then they, they were like, okay, well, we're going to go to the museum. Just follow us. And when we got there, they asked my fiance, they're like, hey, you're a strong guy. Do you mind help us, like, oh, carrying no. him in? And he was like, uh. <laughs> so, like, so he did. And he's just like, what do I do? Do I, like, sage myself? Do I, do I go to priest? What yeah, do I like? get that holy water. That's what I would say. Yeah, but their, their museum is just full of so many things. Like, I mean, from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, um, yeah. occult objects that they found in the woods. Um just very interesting objects are in there. And since they are religious-based, I think, don't they have, like, a priest come bless it all the time? Yeah, so, so Annabelle gets blessed. I want to say, so it's like once or twice a week she gets blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, where, where was this event at where they had her? Connecticut. But, like, what was the venue? Like, they just... Oh, it was some, I don't even know, some restaurant that had, like, an event room. You know, it was what? like a dinner. Annabelle at a restaurant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Annabelle comes out. I love that. She, I didn't realize that she, like, 
like she's like the Oscar Mayer wiener truck or whatever. <laughs> like they like have her at promotional events. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's spooky. Um, okay. Let's talk about the TV show. Okay. Portals to Hell, which I love. And wait, did you know uh, Jack Osborne before? So it's funny. Jack and I, we knew of each other. We had never met, never spoken. But um, obviously I knew who he was. And I found out when we first started talking that he was actually a huge fan of Paranormal State. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like our first meeting. He was just like, I used to watch you when I would go to bed. (laughs) It's like, uh, (laughs) weird. (laughs) But yeah, no, he would watch Paranormal State all the time because he's been, I mean, he's like us, you know, he grew up in a house that had activity. So he's had experiences since he was a little kid. Mm. And so, um, and he used to have a show called um, Haunted Highway. That's right. Yeah. So when he came back to this genre, um, you know, he called me up and was like, you know, would you consider working with me? And we started talking and I found out that um, our philosophies on what we think, you know, this activity is and isn't was very much aligned. And we just had a good balance as far as like our passions in the field went. Yeah. You guys are a really good pair. Thank you. You seem like that's why I was wondering if you knew each other before, because it really it doesn't seem like two people that got paired up together and throw them into the, you know, Bobby Mackey's or whatever. Um, So, yeah, you guys have great chemistry. Thank you. Yeah. And I I like one thing I really like about the show is that even when I was watching the first episode when it first came out, they were showing like the owner of the Alaskan hotel that like they're putting the microphone on her. Like they're showing you like we're keeping the cameras rolling. Like it's not like some overly produced reality show thing. Like mm-hmm. I like that when like we're fully aware that this is a reality show. We're showing everything. Yeah. I think yeah. It's so cool. What's the spookiest place you went to in there's, your opinion? There's a couple. Um, I would say I always go back to the Alaskan being the spookiest seemed dark yeah there's and i don't think we have the whole story there um mm. there was a lot that i think uh the owners were mm, kind of just like concerned about bringing out publicly you uh, know so there it. were there were some conversations i had with them off camera where they kind of confirmed that you know and jack and i both felt this and they confirmed for us that uh those that speculation is correct Um, and, uh, but it was just, it was just frustrating because the whole time we were there, it was like, you know, slow release little bombs of truth. (laughs) Like, you know, like we need to know these things. Yeah. So, and it makes our job really hard. Um, but it's just, there's just a creepy, creepy vibe for lack of better words. It's just creepy there. Um, it's a really cool place. I definitely recommend anybody to go, but it's up there on the creep scale. What what's the creepiest place overall? Like mm. for you, like what's a place? I know you said the little kids got you, but like, yeah. what's another <laughs> thing that's like you'd ha- you'd be happy to not go back? Um, you know, it, I'm so stubborn again that like I would totally go back. I'd be yeah. like, I'm going in. That's your job, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but it, there's definitely been some places that have really shifted my belief system, and I think those have kind of been. The creepiest places just because of the activity was so undeniable. Mm-hmm. It was like this is actually happening. We are actually having this experience. Um, there was I got scratched at a place called the Black Monk House or 30 East Drive in England. It's um, a case that goes back to um, 1966 that we're aware of. I have a friend that's working on some research there that thinks it goes back even further. 
Um, so very long standing haunting, and I got scratched on my lower stomach while I was there. That's not cool. Yeah, yeah. It was very scary. That was a very scary experience. Um, That actually made me want to cry. I was like on the verge of tears because I couldn't. It's such a weird thing when something affects your body. Yeah. And you have physical evidence of it. That's why I always say like me going ghost hunting in drag, if some ghost (laughs) snatches my wig off, that would creep me out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very I mean, it it pulls the rug right out from underneath you. It shakes your whole foundation. Yes. Because, again, we're taught from the time we're very little. This is not real. So when you have something, it's one thing to see something. It's one thing to hear a voice. But when you actually have your body affected Mm -hmm. and you have no answers for how that could happen. It's it's a very, very scary thing. Um, the other time uh, that really shifted my belief system was at Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Uh, we just, Jack and I went there for Portals to Hell as well. Um, but the first time I was there, we captured this like creepy, crawly, weird, shifting figure on camera. Creepy, crawly. Yeah, they call it the creeper. And um, it, it was... We didn't see it with our own eyes. That's the crazy part. We could not see it with our own eyes. We were about maybe 20 feet away from it. The only way we saw it was through our cameraman's camera. And what's weird about it is we had two other cameras. Um, Our handheld cameras were identical. And our camera operator, he was working off of a red at the time. It was a 6K. Yeah. And um, what's weird about it is he actually worked with the company to change the sensor on it. Because he wanted the show to look different. He did not do it for like ghost hunting reasons at all. He's not a ghost hunter. He just did it purely for cinematic value, right? And what's very weird about it is we've captured so many different figures on his camera. And during that time for Trans-Allegheny, we had a camera facing where this figure would have been. And it didn't show up on that camera at all. It only showed up on his. Wow. So, you know, that was a moment that really shifted my perspective of things, too. And when I went with Jack, I was I was excited to go back because I'm like, I want to find the creeper. Yeah. You know? um, but I was also a little nervous because like what can I curse on this? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Because what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. What is you know, it? What the fuck? Like when we saw that, when we played it back in real time, like we couldn't see the whole um, figure shifting as much as it did. We just saw the crawly part. Uh-huh. Um, and it was when we got it into post and they were putting the episode together that we saw how many times it morphed into oh, different yeah. shapes. And it was just like, I mean, I have no explanation for what that is. I have zero explanation. Wow. So that was, and I, I will never forget that night as long as I live because in the moment, I mean, the episode, you know, makes it look like we were there for 10 minutes, five minutes, but we were up in that hallway for like four hours having experiences that we couldn't document. So we would be hearing footsteps run up behind us. Our camera equipment was dying, even though it was fully charged. Um, The one person I was investigating with was having constant anxiety. You know, uh, I was seeing shadows out of the corner of my eye and we just could not capture any of this. That's tough when you're trying to film to catch that stuff. It's so hard. And so that's, and that figure showed up at the tail end of all that. And when that figure went away and we stopped down to look back at it, the whole atmosphere changed. It's like a totally different place. Oh, my God. So it's like building and building and building and you could feel it. And then it just, after that figure showed, it died. So, So when I went back with Jack, I was definitely nervous. And Jack and I, you know, we had experiences at Trans-Allegheny, but they were almost like 
they weren't as scary. They were a little lighter. We we think we made um, if it is you know what we think it is. Are we were using a REM pod at the time, and it kept What's going. What's that? It, so a REM pod is um, it emits its own electromagnetic field. Okay. And anything that breaks that field, it'll make a sound. Got it. So okay. a hand can break it, but also like a cell phone can break the the field. A, a walkie-talkie can break the field. So or a creepy crawly. Or a creepy crawly. That's okay. our that's our thought at least. Uh-huh. And um, you know, we sat there for like an hour just asking questions and we would get these responses every single time. Hmm. So, um, you know, but that was obviously like a, a much, you know, friendlier experience yeah. than, you know, seeing a creepy crawly figure in a in a camera. Have you ever investigated in Hollywood? Um, no. Cuz I always feel like the ghosts here in Hollywood are uh, I mean not all of them, but a lot of them are like the unfinished business of getting their big break. So yeah. I feel like they probably like are here to talk and be on camera <laughs> and like, you know, give you a headshot or whatever so that they can get that <laughs> that moment in the afterlife. I feel like it wouldn't be as hard to film ghosts here. It's funny you say that though, because like every time I come to LA, there's something so attractive about the energy here. Really? That it's it's interesting and I've had a couple of friends that live here that will talk about it. It's like this attractive energy that you feel I don't know how to explain it. It's like you feel energetic, but at the t- same time it feels unsettled. Yep. Yeah, it's like this weird and it's not every neighborhood. It's like certain neighborhoods that I go into like you feel this uneasiness about it that mm-hmm. feels like so much it's not people, it's like so much deeper than that. And I wonder if yeah. it has to do with what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just telling a friend about there's a um, a certain venue that I've performed at many times. And I am so um, I'm so empathic. And uh, when I go to certain places like this venue that I perform at, uh, all I feel is just people's, um, you know, years of being on drugs or or wanting to get their big break or meeting some producer in in some sleazy situation like i feel that energy even when there's nobody there like i just feel that mhm it's not weird yeah yeah well I, I do you feel things other places you go to like yeah. you can pick up easily on mhm yeah i think so and which is it, it can be stressful for me actually and i I've it's funny because I actually learned to deal with it because I used to be I used to have a wildlife and I would be around um, people every day, just all day long, just like rubbing up against me, hugging me, whatever. And at the end of the day, I would be like, oh, my God, I'm so exhausted. And I didn't even do much. And then I realized like, oh, that's why just like all these energies are constantly on me. And that's when I started realizing like, oh. I, that's like a thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have um, a very good friend of mine. She is a psychic uh, who we've worked with on Portals to Hell, and I've worked with her for. I like, love her. Do, Wait, do you know which one name? I'm talking about? Michelle, Michelle Belanger, tall, yes, short hair. But I was thinking of the other one too. Oh, Cindy. Yes. 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 Cindy. She. Um. Yeah. Cindy's great too. But I haven't known her as long. Um, she's known Jack for a very long time. Uh-huh. Um. But Michelle. Um. I've known Michelle since like 2006 and I was having this thing years ago where I would go to and it sounds crazy and I know how crazy it sounds but I would go to a bar and hang out with my friends and I wouldn't be drinking wouldn't be doing anything right and I would miss moments of that night 
it was like I would black out. Oh, wow. And it was like a really weird. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh-huh. And I I thought I was going nuts. And, you know, I talked to my doctor about it and they're just like, oh, we don't see anything wrong. And so I turned to, you know, a, a trusted colleague of mine and she's like, well, it's really not that uncommon for really sensitive people. You're just picking up on like the atmosphere and the energy of the people around you. Oh, and you just kind of escape into the atmosphere. Yeah. She's like, well, she believes it was like very um, just a empath moment mm-hmm. where, you know, you're literally picking up on the energy of the people around you. So if somebody around you is like <sighs> in that moment of like blacking out, you might feel it yourself. I do that all the time. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's gl- glad to know it's not like a roofy situation yeah. or something. <laughs> Okay, you want to play a game? Yes. Okay, this I love is games. called EVPs or EV Please. Okay, so here's what I do I go to YouTube and I find Ghost Hunters. Okay. Uh, I find their EVPs and I want you to guess what they believe it says. But this is the first time we've ever had someone that does this for a living. Yeah. So, you, and I'm really mad at myself because I picked ones that to me are like good. You're like, yeah. you know, there's the some that are just like, mur, 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 mur. Yeah. and then it's like, <laughs> oh, it just said, hey, I'm a ghost. <laughs> um, it's not that. I think I think you'll be able to figure these ones out. But okay. they're from um, Gettysburg. Oh, which have you ever? Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like you must have. This is from the Farnsworth House. Have oh, you been there? I have many, many times. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know the Farnsworth House. I do. What is the, what's the history of the Farnsworth House? Farnsworth House. So they actually still have bullets in the side of their, uh, it's like a brick wall. They mm-hmm. still have bullets lodged in there oh, damn. from the war. Um, so, and they, I'm trying to think of the ghost stories there at the top of my head. I know, because I actually slept there uh, investigating before. And I know they've had couples like that stay for like, you know, a, a romantic weekend getaway that they'll wake up. And they'll see somebody at the foot of their bed or they'll have, like, the bed shake or they'll hear <sighs> a voice in their room, things like that. I hate that. Um, and I, I know there's a little child ghost that people have seen because when I slept there, I remember we set up toy cars everywhere. Excuse me. I remember we set up toy cars everywhere um, to try to, you know, entice some activity to happen. Um, but nothing really happened when I stayed there. Mm. Um, but they make a killer rum cream pie. <laughs> a rum cream pie. Yeah. Uh, so well, I found two different um, investigators that had caught stuff there. So here's the first one. What does it say? We'll try it again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, it's three syllables. Yeah. And it's a clear voice. I'll give you some options. Okay. Is it A, my horse lied? Maybe they had a horse that lied to them. Mm. Um, B, on your side. C, bonjour guy. Maybe they're like speaking French. Bonjour guy. <laughs> or D, <laughs> Um. One more time. I... I don't even know if I would say any of those answers. I think what is it? <clears throat> the correct one is on your side, which I can hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so, what was the context of it? Were they? Do you know? I don't know. Interesting. But I think they just kind of had the camera set up, and then, and then they caught it. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, I well, think that... they asked, like, show us a sign or kind of a thing, and it said, on your side. Yeah, well, what's cool about that is it's not, like, a whisper or a garbly thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of a far away Yeah. Dose. Okay, let's try another one. Okay. This one is also from the Farnsworth house. Um, oh, sorry, that first one was posted by Adams469. Uh, this next one is from NPISCT, is the name of the YouTube person. And um, they recorded this one in the front door of the Farnsworth house. The last one was in the attic. Okay, here we go. Ooh, it's a whisper one. Mm. Any guesses? Options. Give me out. Okay. I, li- I like the I like the ABC thing. A. Did you hurt him? B. Don't you worry. C. Are you flirting? Maybe they they're like, Are you flirting with me? <laughs> or D. Let's get dirty. Maybe it was like a 2002 <laughs> ghost that loved Christina. I love it. Could you play it again? I, I think I hear more like, did you hurt him? Yeah, that's yeah. what they said too. And that's what I hear. Though it would be fun if it was like a 2002 Christina Aguilera <laughs> fan. Let's get dirty. Yeah, did you hurt him? Did you hurt him? I think that's about it. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I I had one more question. Um, well, first of all, from Portals of Hell, very yes. important question. Who does your makeup? Because <laughs> your eyeshadow is always on point. Thank you. Me, you do it yourself. I, I do my I own makeup. Yeah. Well, because I used to do makeup. Oh so, no way. Yeah, yeah. I um. Well, because especially like, um, in theater, right? You, you, they teach you. I mean, that's like required curriculum that you have to know how to do all that stuff. There's always um, at least one boy in the high school theater that's yeah. got a little too much <laughs> on. That was me. Um. Yeah, so but even before that, I worked at a salon for like eight years when I was like, you know, high school Stop. and college. And so I learned how to do all that stuff. And just it was like, it's the only drawing I'm ever good at. So, uh-huh. um, and then in between gigs, I used to do weddings. So, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do all that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Thank you. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, have you ever investigated Stoll Cemetery? No, it's been on my list for a very long time, though. They say that the gates to hell are in Stoll Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. We, we had Kyle Ayers, is, um, a comedian that we had on the show, and he had an experience there. Oh, really? And it creeped me out. Oh, can you tell it to me? Or Yeah. Well, he had a whole situation, like uh, a bunch of stuff happened there, but um, he just saw some shady activity with with um, a man. You'd have to listen back to the episode. Um, but... I was he was telling me about like how there's these stairs that they say are like the stairs to hell. Mm -hmm. And then there's like this church that doesn't have a roof. But when it rains, it doesn't get wet in there. Oh, just weird, weird season two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Season two. Um, Yeah. So portal set. When would this air? Thursday. Okay, perfect. So by the. Oh, that's perfect, because that will be. Our Lolari Mansion episode <gasps> in New Orleans. Oh my God, it is insane! So Jack and I are the first people ever to get access to that house to investigate. Congrats! Yeah, thank you. I mean, we've been—I've been trying. I mean, I've been doing this for 13 years in television, and I've been producing other shows. And I call all the time to try to get into that house, uh-huh. and everybody gets turned away. And the only reason we got access is because Jack knows the owner. 
So the owner was like, I trust you. I know you. I know you're not going to do anything stupid. I know you're not going to, like, ruin my house. Uh Like, so you can have access. And so we investigated that place. And it's so, I mean, first off, it's beautiful. Um, You know, just the architecture and, you know, how they've designed it. It's gorgeous. But you take that away. You have a haunting, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, it's it's so interesting because Jack and I, we really delved into the research because there's so many rumors about the LaLaurie Mansion that are just flat out. I mean, they're just flat out lies. Even like, didn't an American Horror Story do you a little bit? They did. And I honestly, I never saw it. So I don't know. It was Kathy Bates and... Because that, that's the story. She had slaves, right? Yes. That she kept in a room and tortured or something. Yes. Yeah. And that's all true. I yeah. mean, she did. You know, Madame did have these slaves that she kept in a room. And at the time, uh, New Orleans had what they called the Black Code, which was their standard for how you could and couldn't treat slaves. Mm. And even to, I mean, which we all know they were horribly treated. I mean, mm-hmm. that's no, like, myth in our country. We, we know how badly they were treated. But even to their standards, she went. Wow. Like above and beyond what they thought was acceptable. And um, so the entire town, I mean, they drove her out by a mob. And she it's believed that she went to France and that she died in France. Um, but there's some speculation about that on whether or not she came back here to die in America or if she, her body was just brought back over. Um, but there is just so many rumors surrounding exactly what kinds of level of torture she inflicted on them. And, you know, obviously it's kind of gotten out of hand over the years and people have told some very tall tales about how bad it got. Um, so Jack and I, you know, really delved into that research and we were actually really able to dispel a lot of those myths. Oh, good. Yeah. And, um, even just with the house, like the house, um, how it looks today is not how it looked back then. Oh, okay. So there's like this huge third story on the house now, and that was never there during the time that she lived there. And there's some speculation on whether or not they rebuilt the house after she left. Uh, so, you know, there's there's just a lot of rumors about the place. Um, but is there we, a demon side to, to the haunting? or I don't believe so. Okay. We definitely had experiences. And Jack and I actually, you'll see it in the episode, we had a really... Uh, and it actually kind of like, even for me, it kind of creeps me out because we were... Um, I guess I can say what it is. We were we were sitting next to each other and we were in what was the slave quarters and which I think is way more haunted than the actual house. Um, and we were sitting next to each other. I was on the floor. He was on the couch. And uh, like I literally get like little pricklies on my shoulder when I when I think about this. Um, we hear this really loud, unmistakable breath between us. Ooh. And it just goes like. I remember Jack and I both like we stared at each other and like both of our eyes were completely wide and we're like, did you just hear that? I'm like, yes, I just heard that. So it was really I mean, that experience is really weird to me. Okay, my friend Meg, who is also very sensitive, she went there. She actually told she was on the show and she told it she went on one of those, you know, walking tours of New Orleans and they stopped in front of that house. About 95% sure it was that house. Yeah, it was. And she, um, she's outside. They're telling the whole story of, like, this is the house. This is what happened, whatever. Clear- they did not go in. But she got physically ill, and, like, she thinks that it was some kind of spirit or energy or something that got inside of her. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I've actually met other people who have said that about that house. Interesting. When they're- and actually there was an old owner – 
um, that we met with who, she, when she was walking by years later, she believes that she got pushed. Mm. And she fell, like, face first onto the pavement of the street. That's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. It's just all these things that, like, ghosts... There's, like, you hear these ghosts that they think it's okay when they're dead to do this stuff. But, like, you can't do that when you're alive. Don't do that when you're dead. I'm sorry. You're not allowed to just go <sighs> around people. That's not okay. Well, one of the thoughts, too, is, like, we don't know. Like, do they mean, like, does this energy mean to manifest that way? They know. You know? No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm over here. No, zero research. Doing. And yeah. I'm like, I know. They do. Um, okay, I'm so happy that you did this. Like, I am so honored that you joined us and you are just the perfect guest. Oh, so, thank you. Uh, I hope everybody watches Portals to Hell every Friday, Travel Channel. And um, anything else you want you want the kids to know and where to find you all that um, stuff? Yeah, social media. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, so it's Katrina Weidman. And actually, all my social handles are just my name because <laughs> there's <laughs> like three of us in the world. There she was, Katrina Weidman. Wow. So cool. And I got to check out that creepy crawly episode. What is that? Ugh. Guys, this is great. Everything's great. Can you tell I'm in a good mood today? I really am. She put me in a great mood, and I just feel so excited. And I'm getting really excited to do some ghost hunting of my own. So she really gave me like a, a little bit of a pep talk, and I'm ready. I'm ready to go out there with an open mind and some extra bobby pins in my wig, and we're going to do this. So if you want to see me live and in person and you're in the Los Angeles area, I play a dominatrix fairy godmother type in a show called Virgin, which is hilarious. And I did it in January. We sold out. Uh, and now we're coming back for the Hollywood Fringe Festival. And that's going to be opening tomorrow, the 7th. And uh, we've got select dates throughout the month. And that's in Hollywood. So um, go to my Instagram. I got all the info there. I'd love to see you there and talk to you after the show. I'm going to be doing a show at UCB that night, the 7th. It's called Spanish Aki. And um, I'd love I'd love to see you there as well. And then I'm going out to um, Boise, Idaho to do Mean Gays for Boise Pride. And we are doing that on the 14th of June. So that'd be fun to see you there. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll ghost hunt around Boise. We'll see. <laughs> Guys, please follow me on Instagram at RozDrezdFalas and join the Facebook group, GhostedByRoz at gmail.com. It always helps out the show if you give us five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or Himalaya or anywhere that you can give five stars and write a cool review. And if you have a ghost story, you can share it there or you can share it in the Facebook group or you can email me, GhostedByRoz at gmail.com. I love you all both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.